0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the official last episode of Heart Season. I am so excited. We've had a really awesome season and I'm here with one of my great mentors, a woman of God, somebody who I really look up to, somebody who is just like so kind and her spirit is so sweet and just amazing to be around. And we're going to be answering you guys' life advice questions. I posted it on my Instagram several times. It's in the bio of the Instagram, a link to this Google Doc. And when you submit the Google Doc, I don't know who submitted the questions. I don't know anything except for what the question is. So I compiled all the heart questions and we're going to be talking about the different advice questions and just giving you guys some advice from two women who are obviously love God and want to look within the lenses of a Christian point of view, somebody who's mature, people who, you know, obviously want the best for you guys and also want the best for our own lives. So introducing Kimberly Pearson. Welcome to the
1: podcast. Thank you. It's so good to be here. And with that intro, uh, I'm excited to be here. Yay. Okay. So tell (laughs) us something. Just give us a little bio on you. Ooh. Okay. Um, so a little bit about me. I was uh, raised in church ever since I was three years old. Um, so church is all I know. and um, I think I grew up in it. Um, I you know, was in Sunday school. I was involved in youth group and everything growing up. Um, and it really just got to the point where I was, you know, at a crossroads as a teenager um, with school and kind of different influences on my life. Um, and it got to the point where I had to decide, what am I choosing to live like? Um, yeah. You know, what road do I want to take? And um, who am I? You know, figuring all of that out as a teen is um, always complicated and emotional and all of that. Um, but I'm just so thankful that I had uh, parents that were praying for me and youth leaders that were yeah. there for me to support me. Um, and I was, I think, 15 years old when I decided, like, this is my journey with God. This is my choice. Um, and I'm living this way because I want to. Um, and I think after doing that, um, you know, it just became a hundred times easier to, uh, just commit and know like, this is what I'm doing. Um, and this is the path that I want to take. Um, and I think after that, you know, high school, the last two years of high school were a breeze, uh, for me, just because there was no question as far as what am I going to do today? And um, how am I going to act today? How yeah. What am I going to, um, you know, reflect? And so I think that was just a pivotal time in my life. Um, so went to school. Um, I originally uh, went to school for a biotech degree. Um, so I like the science background kind of deal. Um I got my bachelor's in industrial technology, so a little bit more of the lab feel with some, um, you know, additional kind of techie stuff. And then um, I am currently working as an HR manager. So, wow! Quick summary. <laughs> Look
0: at you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, when we talk a little bit about, like,
0: when you talk about your relationship with God, and obviously all these very, you know, fancy things that you've accomplished <laughs> in your life, how do you feel like your this is, oh, we're not interviewing Kimberly, but I just was curious about this question because I think she's so interesting. But um, like, how do you feel like when you were deciding to like go to college and all that, do you feel mm-hmm. like there was a pressure to do less almost? Or do you feel like it was almost like, I have to do this because just for myself more than anything, like what was your like real motivator for that? Because I know a lot of people in, the Christian community just,
1: like, don't really have a lot of motivation for that because they have a different view of what life looks like. Right. Um, I guess it's a combination because, for me, I was the oldest out of my family. Um, And, obviously, my parents are immigrants from Mexico. Um, So my whole life I've just known, you know, they did this for us. They came here because they wanted us to have a better life. Um, and I've watched my parents, you know, uh, work hard their whole life and um, really try to do their best to provide for us as best they could. And their whole message to us growing up was, I want you to do better and I want you to go to school and be successful. Um, so I really, I think when it was time for me to go to college, it, there was no alternative. Like I knew I had to go, um, not because my parents were pushing me, but because I like internally felt like I needed to. Um, I couldn't let them down, I guess, is kind of how I felt. Um, And also, because I was the oldest, I was like, I need to be a good example for my sisters. So um, that was kind of, I think, my internal motivator. And I think when it came to, um, you know, involving that with, or tying it in with church, um, I, I still felt like, you know, God wants, I mean, obviously, he's giving me opportunities to go to school. So it would be foolish to just Sit back and say, "Oh well, I'm just going to wait for God to do what He wants with me," but not right. actually put in the work. That's right. To, Hallelujah, yeah. musicians come, everybody. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, okay, this last question before we get into the actual advice questions, but um, do you feel like the pressure that you felt from your like background and your own like, I guess, dichotomy of who you are, or whatever? Do you feel like the pressure you pointed it towards a positive light like most of the time or do you feel like sometimes when you were like I want to go to college I hate this <laughs> it's like well, I can't because of the pressure
1: yeah no I think overall I am in Enneagram type three um okay. so I am well, just, that's it <laughs> internally <laughs> I am just always an achiever I want to be successful and look successful so like I just I think that was enough like I I don't think I needed my parents pushing me to get good grades or pushing me to go to school because I just need, like, I have to do that. Like, in my mind, my perception of a successful person was someone who had a bachelor's degree. Right. You know, just, like, at least, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> a master's or doctorate would be great. Yeah. Um, but so I just, I was like, I have to do this. It would be foolish of me to waste my time and not do it. Right. Because, I mean, time flies, and if you... Wait a year or two, you know, you're just you're sitting there and you're still not reaching those goals or getting any closer. So, yeah, um, yeah, I think it was always internal. And there were so many times when I was ready to just like throw in the towel and be like, I'm done with school. But, yeah, um, yeah no, I, I definitely my motivation, I think, it was definitely internal, um, mostly. Gotcha. Okay,
0: awesome. All right, so let's get into the next question. So Sister Kimberly is not at my house all day. (laughs) But um, the first question is somebody asked, let's say you made an honest mistake that has now caused a rift between you and a very, very close friend. The mistake wasn't anyone's fault, but the circumstance got in the way of your friendship. How would you go about restoring trust in the relationship?
1: Mm, That's a good one. Um, and I feel like this probably happens to everybody at some point, yeah. um, whether it's a friendship or, you know, boyfriend relationship or anything. Um,
0: Probity's perfect. What? Have you ever heard that? Probity's perfect? No.
1: It's like nobody's perfect, but like messing it up. Nobody's I've never perfect. heard that. We can use it now in the yeah. HR.
0: Nobody's perfect. everybody. It's like, hey. Okay.
1: <laughs> I don't need to remember that. Um, honestly, I... I mean, I think I've had situations where, you know, something came up and it it wasn't malicious or anything like that, but it, things just felt off, you know, in different relationships. And I think the key is approaching them about it or just trying to talk about it because um, I think it's, it's not always easy, but um, it's the most direct way to handle it. And I think... Um, there's sometimes where you just need to say, "Hey, sorry, I didn't realize this came off this way, or I was I didn't mean anything by that," you know. Because um, I think those friendships or relationships that are obviously valuable to you, like it's worth putting, reaching right. out and putting in that effort to try to restore that and and fix it. So yeah. I don't know if that answers no, that. No, that's but.
0: exactly what I was gonna say. Honestly, like sometimes yeah. our pride gets in the way. But an, a, a good apology, like a genuine apology can go so far, right. a lot farther than we might even think. Like sometimes someone just wants you to just apologize and be like, you know, what? I was in the wrong. And, you know, and even if they that had to be a conversation where you say, like, you made me feel this way or the other friend would say that and you mm. would accept that they felt that way. Don't get offensive. Just say, I'm really sorry that I put you in that position. and like. Right like, let's just try to move on from this. Like, I love you and I want to be your friend still. And like, especially as girls, I feel like sometimes it's like almost playing like the victim, like, oh my gosh, they hate me. Like, it's like, let's just figure it out. And let's move on like collectively and like just show love to the person that obviously you care about.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of times that person doesn't want to hate you. Yeah. You know, they're, they're wanting to get back to normal too. So I think, you know, being that bigger person and reaching out is, is really important. Definitely. Okay. The
0: next one is what helps you get back up when a friend has betrayed you? It's always hard, which is, this is so funny because this correlates as if you were the other person Yeah. in the first question. Right, right.
1: Ooh. Um, forgive and forget. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and that's the best, I guess, option. Um, try to forgive and forget. But um, I know that that might be really hard depending on what it was or what it is. Um, So I would say just, you know, treat them like, like nothing's changed, even if like inside, you know, you might feel betrayed. Um, I think just, you know, trying to pray through that and, you know, asking God to help you deal with your feelings because there's sometimes where, you know, people are going to do that. And I mean, Jesus was betrayed too by his closest friends um, or Judas. So, um, you know, it's, I don't know. Um. I think
0: it's like my advice to you would be that some people really just aren't as malicious as you might feel in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it. I think you really just should step back and wonder, like, is this friend doing this because they genuinely don't care about me and they like are trying to hurt me? Or did they make a mistake? Like what the first question said, basically, like it's saying an honest mistake. That other friend could feel like, oh, my gosh, she did this intentionally to hurt right. me. And, you know, that could not be the case. You kind of have to figure that out and ask, you know, ask around or even just self reflect on, like, the relationship itself and see if this person is good. Because I've been in friendships that are not good for me at all, and that person, like, definitely wasn't supposed to be in my life. You know, that doesn't mean you get to be mad to them. Right. You know, mad at them or, like, get to be mean to them or whatever. You just... Kind of have to figure out if that person is right to be in your life or not. Yeah. And forgiveness, again, just as much as apologies are powerful, forgiveness is just as powerful.
1: Yes. And I think the biggest thing is making sure that you don't sit with that bitterness. Yes. You know, if, if that's what it's leading towards because it just poisons you and, uh, you know, it keeps everything in the negative light and there's nothing good coming out of that.
0: Yeah. Honestly, like there's just... There's two different types of people in the world, and the people that truly, genuinely see people for the best possible way. Like, just take everything with a grain of salt, look right. at everything with a ray of sunshine. Like, try not even like everything's perfect, but you like assume the best of, out of people, like guilty yeah. or like not guilty until proven guilty, like right. instead of the other, you know? And it's like basically, you know, just try to like think the best of people. I think that's sometimes yeah. easy to to do the opposite of that.
1: Yeah. No, and I think, again, if it's one of those friendships that's very valuable, um, you know, having a conversation about it and letting them know, hey, um, you know, if if they shared something that you had shared in confidence or something like that, you know, letting them know, like I I thought that was, you know, a private conversation or, you know, it made me feel this way. Um, and I think sometimes we realize – they didn't mean you know the, the malintent uh, yeah that was, I've
0: definitely done things before that I regret in a friendship and I'm thankful yeah. that somebody was like did you mean to do that and I'm like I promise <laughs> you I did not mean it to come across that way I promise right right yeah. okay the third one is how do I let go and move on from my ex people make it seem so easy but I can't imagine life without them amazing <laughs> this is such a good question <laughs> yeah Oh my gosh. It's so hard because I've had like literally so many conversations recently with people that I know that are hung up on somebody. Yeah. And it's hard because we have, we grew up with this like soulmate mentality and like you meet this one person and they're the one person for you forever and your first love is going to be your only love and all (laughs) of this stuff. And like, and I get it. Like I really get it how you can give so much to somebody and then like feel like, how could I ever move on from that? Right. But That being said, I think the reality of the situation is that soulmates are created. They're not found. They're not some diamond in the rough somewhere that you have to go searching for. Mm -hmm. And if you like happen to lose that diamond, then you're screwed for life. Like it's just that isn't how (laughs) that's not how it works. If somebody works good with you and someone obviously like you pray together and you guys feel like the relationship is right. And everyone in your life feel like the relationship is right. They don't hurt. They care about you. They love you. You know, a relationship, a new one is what I mean grows and it takes takes time to really get to that point so I think that the advice is that a lot of people compare their like exes to the new people that they're talking to Mm, that's good and that's like impossible to do you can't compare somebody that you've loved for you know multiple years or months or whatever to somebody you don't barely know Yeah, yeah you know and you can't obviously keep them both like in your (laughs) mind like oh which one's better okay we'll see like they do this better so it's like you just kind of have to like try it out you know not in a way that's like oh let me just move on immediately it's like let's you know you're only gonna know unless you really put as much effort as you did with that first relationship into a new one
1: right no and i think it's it's definitely hard um i think getting over someone if you're still hung up on them um i think the biggest thing is just to keep in mind like the reason why you're not together anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, if it was, (laughs) if it was a mutual decision or if it was just a one, one sided decision, um, I guess if you're the one that got dumped or something, that might not be so easy to do, but you know, if you guys mutually agreed, Hey, this isn't working out. Um, you know, just think about the, and remember those reasons why, um, I think that, you know, obviously, in a Christian relationship, marriage, um, you know, whatever it is that you're pursuing, um, you need to keep those, um, those top priorities in mind at all times, you know, does this person treat you right? Do they love God? Um, you know, are they living right? Um, and all of these different things, you know, will tie into, um, your future essentially. So you like, I just think the, person you end up marrying is the biggest decision you're going to make other than serving God. And I've heard so many people say that. And I think it's so important because who you marry will make or break you essentially. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. So super important. I'd say just remember those reasons why you're not together anymore, you know, and I think just come to terms with it. That's so true. And also like, this sounds really maybe
0: like, not as spiritual as it should <laughs> i feel like people get so caught up in the actual actions and like the sweet moments mm-hmm. and the like adorable romance yeah. and all that stuff but remember that that stuff was created that stuff was like put into place like somebody planned that out somebody did that you know even if it was unplanned but it was still kind of was you know you guys right. were dating or whatever and so people hold on to these moments as if they were like they're like once in a lifetime right and it's like you can create that with somebody else maybe not those exact moments like the exact same things but you can create new moments and new memories and new you know people hold on to memories so tightly Mm -hmm. and it's they're just what they are they're memories you know it's like you can look at them fondly or like you can look at them horribly but they're still memories you know and you can't like try to keep going back and saying okay like I have to go relive this memory <laughs> this this I have to go back into time and like be back with this person like this is how is this ever gonna happen it's like you get so tied up in that and get so frustrated because you're yeah. like this is never gonna you know I'll never be back in that moment but in reality you'll never be back in that moment ev- uh, anyways yeah. Yeah. no matter what you know you live life and remember that these memories are sometimes once in a lifetime. Yeah. And, like. That's with everybody, and then the next person, especially somebody that's going to be your husband, you're going to make so many memories that you would have never made with that person. But it's hard to look, obviously, that far in the future. But yeah,
1: yeah, no. And I'd say one more thing um, is you are always looking back on your memories with rose colored glasses yeah like things are always so much better in the past they were great and you don't even know why you broke up anymore (laughs) literally
0: someone told me that time like has this really tricky weird thing that makes you forget why you actually broke up (laughs) or what the actual negative parts like I was like the other day I was thinking about this relationship that I had been in with a friend and I was like did we ever have any issues? Like, well, hold on, hold on, <laughs> let's run it back yeah. because obviously we did. Otherwise, we wouldn't to be friends. But like, people do that all the time. Like, it's so easy to do to be like, yeah. especially if you're looking at the relationship with longing and with mm-hmm. you know, like a tender heart. And obviously, if you're heartbroken, like looking back at that, like, oh my god, it was perfect. But well, in yeah. reality, yeah. you know, no, nobody's perfect. It Nobody was perfect. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The fourth question from this is how to deal with loneliness. I don't have a boyfriend or a lot of friends, and I'm alone a lot. Mm. This is hard. Loneliness is
1: hard. Um, I think, is, Loneliness is rough. Yeah. No, and I think the key is to know that everybody feels that at some point. Um, so you're not alone, even <laughs> if you feel like you are. Oh, um, honestly, I, I mean... I don't think it matters how social you are. I think everybody has those moments of loneliness. Um, I know that I've had moments where, you know, I'm in a group of people having a blast, and you know, all my friends around me are laughing and and, you know, we're carrying on. And even in those moments, I've had times where I just I'm sitting there and I'm like, I feel alone and yeah. I'm in the m- middle of a group of people and mm-hmm. we're having a good time. Nothing's wrong necessarily either. Yeah. Um, I've had those moments where, you know, I'm fine. Nothing's like, nothing's essentially wrong with me, but, um, I think loneliness is something we all experience. Um, but I, again, I would say the key to avoiding lon- loneliness or, um, you know, trying to to cope with it is, um, first of all, just praying, because I think w- when you're praying, you will feel a connection with God that, like, I think solves that loneliness feeling. Um, or even where you get to the point where you're like, you know what, it doesn't matter if I don't have anyone. It doesn't matter if yeah. no one's around. God is here and He cares for me. Um, so I think focusing on that a lot of times, um, but also surrounding yourself with positive people um people that you know motivate you and encourage you and you know invite you to do stuff you know um just so that you can get out and you know n- you're not sitting at home moping all day long so yeah. I was going to say like
0: a really a really good t- tip that I heard one time was figure out what makes you feel the most comforted and loved like mm. what about a relationship makes you feel the most like oh my gosh, like I feel special, like I feel loved and I feel like this person appreciates me, figure out what right. that is to you, like necessarily your love language almost mm-hmm. and find people around you that know that about you. And so that they can feel that. Like, Cause like for me, I'm the same way. Like if I'm at a conference full of 200 people, yeah, yeah, you can feel lonely. <laughs> but if some one-on-one person talks to me, then no, I don't feel lonely anymore, right. you know? And so, and then the same thing with like having like a relationship, like you said, like that you don't have or whatever, but Having a relationship, you know, it's not just the Instagram pictures. It's also like the late night calls and having someone there all the time and right. having someone to tell you, you know, little details of your life. Like one time somebody asked me, "Is like, what's it like being in a relationship or whatever? This so is like, yeah, whatever, a long time ago. And I was like, so like when you take, eat a really good sandwich and, <laughs> and you, nobody cares <laughs> that you ate like this bomb sandwich at the yeah. place that you wanted to try for weeks But one person in the world cares, and that's going to be the person you're dating. (laughs) And you're like, okay. That was so (laughs) random." But I was like, it's so true. You just don't feel lonely. Like, you feel like somebody cares about, like, you know, your opinions and your, like, thoughts. And, like, your off-the-wall, like, 5 a.m. thoughts. Like, they care about them, you know. And so finding friends that will, that will, like you know, even just people, like, even if your mom is smothering you with, like, compliments, and that's <laughs> not making you feel loved or cared for. Right. But, like, having a conversation about your feelings is, just, like, make that known. You know what I mean? Like There's always people in your life, you know, no matter who it is. It's not, like, you never experience being around people. Like, mm-hmm. there's people in your life, but those people may, may not know exactly what you need. Right. The Same thing with them, too. Right. Like, make sure that you're there for them as well. You know, like, do I, do you want to like have a one-on-one sleepover and talk about, you know, whatever for two hours life. <laughs> that's like my love language, hundred yeah. percent quality time. Like, and Me too. it's <laughs> so much, it's so, it's so bad, but like, um, gifts too. Like if you feel yeah. like gifts yeah. is your love language, like, and someone and your friend, like gives you a little gift that's like $10 and you're like, Oh my gosh, it's the best <laughs> <Dang>. thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sometimes you just have to have to do that and have yeah. to be, be there for that person or just just ask, like, let people know, like, you know, like, so if a friend of yours that, you know, but not that great, Mm -hmm. maybe invite them to go like talk to you so you can get closer to them, you know, put yourself out there, I guess.
1: Yeah. I think the key is connecting, just connecting on those different levels, whether it's, you know, like an emotional connection or, you know, a a conversation. Um, I think we all want to feel connected to somebody. And um, when we're not, you know, I think that's what the loneliness stems from.
0: Yeah. And there's certain people in my life like you and sister Heather Jordan. Shout out to her. I know she listens to the podcast. Love her.
1: Love her <laughs> so much.
0: But those people like we've had such good conversations before in the past that like if I was going through anything, I could call you and mm-hmm. you would talk to me for like two hours. If right. You want, if right. You to, which is great. And like that feeling that like security makes me feel less lonely. I think Mm -hmm. when I was like, if I was to be like struggling, like I could call somebody and my mom's the same way, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so it's, that type of thing where it's like finding people like that who maybe not necessarily are around you 24 7 but you right. feel less lonely because you know that they're there for you and same thing like what sister Kimberly said about god like god is obviously that person that you should call yes but if you want somebody like actually tangible <laughs> like <laughs> have just deep meaningful conversation with people right or you know the love language thing okay next question How do I know the difference between pushing myself and being unhealthy? I work out a lot and it's become an everyday obsession. I don't know if it's good for me or not. (laughs) This is so funny because it's like all the questions are from real people and they're like, it's great because honestly, I struggle with that a lot. Like sometimes I'll be like, yeah, I work out three times a week and I like eat a bunch of healthy food and then I'll be like Friday and I'm like, I've worked out five times this week and (laughs) I have not to do any of my schoolwork. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) But like, I think it's just... It comes down to if you enjoy it or not. Are you actually having fun? Mm -hmm. Are you actually enjoying eating healthy and working out? Or are you doing it for, you know, our our ulterior motives,
1: you know? That's good. Yeah. Um, I can't really answer this one. I don't think, I don't, I don't punish myself. I go easy on
0: me. (laughs) Me too,
1: girl. I'm like, I'm having a bad day. I'm having some ice cream, sitting on the couch. (laughs) Yesterday I ate an entire (laughs) party. They had almond
0: milk. Okay. So it's healthy. healthy. (laughs) Not at all. I was like sitting in, like, I was like doing pickup for groceries and I had this (laughs) pint of ice cream that I bought. And I ordered like a spoon when they came out with that. So I was like literally sitting in my car driving. Oh my goodness. We know the stories of me driving. I was driving and eating ice cream. (laughs) <laughs> like all oh, night. Nice. It was great. One I had of those days. days. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I think it's just if you're enjoying yourself. And like, yeah, I feel like I was not enjoying myself when I would eat really, really nasty food, like cookout every single day. I was not having fun with that. I didn't mm-hmm. like it. I didn't like how I felt about my body. Right. You know, obviously now if I eat cookout, it's like, Once in a while, but I'm, like, enjoying it because it's good out, (laughs) and I rarely eat it. But, like, when you do it just, like, out of convenience or just, like, I'm hungry so I'm going to eat it and then Mm -hmm. you feel nasty about yourself, then you're not enjoying that either. Right. And I think it's – that's, like, the relationship with food. Like, the goal for me is, like, making sure what I eat is something that I'm not going to, like – regret after i'm not gonna really like maybe like be like oh lord i shouldn't have eaten that (laughs) much food but like not in a way that's like you know really unhealthy or anything like that right and like same thing with for workouts like if you are tired and you've worked all day <laughs> and you don't have time to work out, then you should not feel bad that you didn't work out. You probably are like, bless the self-care <laughs> night, praise the Lord, Yes, you know, and that's how I am like most of the time. But if you work out and you're like, wow, I feel awesome about that, you know, right. like I feel great about it, you know, then, then that's great. You know, it's just yeah. like the way that you look at it, I think. Yeah. No, that sounds good.
1: <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. So the next question is how do I fix my relationship with my parents? I have broken their trust in the past, and now I feel like they don't like being around me.
1: I want to get closer to them, but I don't know where to start. Ooh, parents are always tough. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, oh, I'd, I'd say the biggest thing if you've if you've obviously broken trust with them, the biggest thing is showing them or proving to them that you're doing better or that you're changing that, um, and that you're putting in the effort. You know, make it known to them that you want to gain their trust back. Um, I think that's, you know, obviously super important. They're, you know, some of the most loving people in your life, I'm sure they care about you and they want what's best for you. And I think, you know, when you're a teen or a young adult, sometimes that doesn't come off that way. Um, we don't yeah. translate it that way, but, um, I think that it's a super important relationship to maintain. So I think just letting them know, Hey, I'm sorry, I messed up. I want to fix it. So I think, obviously abiding by their rules, whatever that is. Um, you know, if it's a curfew or whatever, um, you know, proving to them that you are trying to, to change that and to do better and communicating.
0: For sure. I was going to say like when I was growing up and my parents were a lot stricter, a big thing that helped me to not resent them was to decide, like figure out in my brain why they had these rules. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, I would be really specific about it sometimes. Like and the thing is about parents, and I think I'll do the same thing when I have kids, but, you know, if if your dad and parent, mom are mad at you because you're 20 minutes late to your curfew, they're not actually mad at you because you're 20 minutes late to their curfew. They're mad at you because of the, like, rebellion side of it and, like, how far can I push them? And, yeah. Like, you know, what could they, What you know, their curfew's there for a reason. My dad always says nothing good ever happens after 11 p.m. Like yep. You know, <laughs> like, trying to keep, that's obviously their motive behind it it's not like they're gonna you know hate you if you're 20 minutes past your curfew, view mm-hmm. but they do have that rule for a reason and yeah. so respecting that rule
1: mm-hmm.
0: not just necessarily respecting their authority but also respecting the rules be, being like i'm really proud you know i'm really glad that my parents yeah. have this rule because i don't want to be out i know how friends are how my friends are doing yeah when they're out past this time i know some of the stuff that they've been up to yeah and like i'm just glad that i'm not exposed to that because you might have fomo but at the end of the day like (laughs) you know what i mean like your parents are doing that for a reason and respecting that and not like rebelliously like resenting them right like like, oh they don't know what they're talking about i'm not now you're doing anything (laughs) it's like well
1: you aren't doing it now but like yeah that's because they have that rule for you you know right right and i also think um you know the the rebellion is a part of that but also your parents are worried about you and that's, I think 90% of the reason why they're mad that, you know, you didn't follow X, Y, Z because now they're worried because you weren't here 20 minutes ago. Um, so I think that's a big part of it. Um, but also I will say like rules, you know, obviously you hate them when you're living by them sometimes. Um, but, I look back on my life and I am so, so thankful that my mom was as strict as she was with me on so many different things that I thought were silly. Just, you know, um, hanging out with certain friends or going certain places with friends Mm -hmm. and um, giving me permission to like, you know, hang out past a certain time or anything like that. Like, I just look back and I'm like, you know what? Those rules were so annoying at the time. Um, but they saved me from so much just pain and like mess that I did not need to be involved in. Yeah, and I think that's comes from convictions. When you get older, convictions mm. is a really big deal to you.
0: Like right. I know for me, I'm like, Lord, please convict me on everything. Like, <laughs> I just want to like feel that, you know, because it's it's a dangerous place when you just kind of continue to push yourself and push like the boundaries of everything right. in your life, and. Like, my parents were extremely strict at all, but in times where I've, like, done things where they don't know about or, like, they, you know, I hid it from them or lied to them, like, I never had a good time. Like, I was not... Oh, yeah. I was not having fun. I was scared out of my <laughs> mind. I was, like, even looking back, like, actual situations itself, like, I was like, why did I go through all that trouble for, like, it's not even... You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. it just... You look back on it and you're just like, I could have just stayed home. <laughs> yeah. Like, even now, it's like, I wish I'd had taken that time and like really spent it with my parents or spent it it with my sister who like lives in a different state now like you know what I mean there's just things that I wish I would have done differently and you don't want that you know you don't want to like feel like you're hiding things from people that love you and like hiding things from people that you love and like so going back to your question sorry (laughs) I'm like advocating for parental (laughs) discipline (laughs) going back to your question like I think that if your parents you know actions speak so, so much louder than words like sister right. Kimberly said you know like I never sat down with my parents and said like I've definitely apologized to them but I've never said okay now I'm gonna do this they right. just like slowly but surely trusted me and I slowly but surely was so thankful that they did mm-hmm. and so thankful that they you know did the things that they did in general and, like even if it was like step, like there's been times where my mom has been like, I'm so proud of you. You're going into like such a young woman. I'm like, (laughs) Like, that's like the best thing. I'd rather her say that than like anything else, especially where have you been for the last three hours? It's like, you know what I mean? I just, I really do. I really care about my parents' opinion of me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really big deal too. Like loving them and wanting them to like have a good opinion of you. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. A little rant there. (laughs) Um, I know you always talk about girl boss stuff, but I hate my job. <laughs> I'm going to college <laughs> in a year, and I don't know if I should just shut up and stick it out because of money, or quit and find something else.
1: Mm.
0: That stick one's tough. It out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you can close it. Um,
0: I would say just stick it out. I'm the t- I live by the rule where it's like, so first of all, logistically, you'll quit the job, you'll work out your two weeks, then you'll get trained in a new job. And have to tell them, okay, I'm leaving, you know, at this X, Y, and Z time. And then you work that job and it doesn't automatically fix all your problems. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're still going to have to work. You're still going to have to go to work every single day. You're still going to have to, you know, do that. And even if it's a dollar or two more an hour, like, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to fix that. Resumes look really awesome when you work somewhere for a long period of time. Like, that's logistically, you know, there's a lot more stuff that we could talk about within, like, loyalty and jobs and all that, but... Yeah, I think just in general, like, stick it out for a year, you know? I'm leaving living year. Like, you know, try to make the best of it. You're not going to be in situations that you're, like, the ideal situation your whole life. You're going to be put in situations that you don't like sometimes.
1: Oh, yeah. And I think for any job, doesn't matter if you're working, you know, in a library or at an office, um, there's going to be pros and cons to it. Yeah, No one job, I think, is going to be the end-all, be-all for you, unless... Maybe you're, like, your own business owner, then maybe it will be. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> but definitely not at all. <laughs> not, I not there from two parents
0: that are, like, self-made or whatever. Like, no, it's not fun. They yeah. work all
1: the time. Right, yeah. right. So I think there's pros and cons to everything. And I'd say, you know, if you've only been there for a little while, stick it out. Um, you know, stay at least a year. You know, maybe... Talk to your manager about it and let them know what things that you would suggest as changes. I think um, coming from HR, (laughs) I know anytime that, you know, someone's unhappy um, and they voice that opinion to to me, I encourage conversations with their manager. Um, I know that a lot of people feel like, oh, they're going to be upset at me if I bring something up. But realistically, if your manager is a good manager, um, they're going to care about keeping you and about... Um, making sure that you're enjoying what you're doing and you know maybe even looking at other positions within the same organization um that's always an option i think um and i think it's just an opportunity to grow as well
0: yeah and like from a less bougie standpoint i worked in fast food for like 3 4 years of my life like no 3 two, a long time it felt like <laughs> it felt like 50 years but it was like <laughs> probably 2 But I worked at so many different places and like I don't write any of that stuff on my resume because it's like embarrassing for me. You know, Mm -hmm. like there's there was this one job that I worked at it for a year and I left to make 50 cent more doing the exact same (laughs) thing five minutes down the road okay (laughs) please tell me why i did that i don't know i wish somebody would have been like camille it's gonna be okay like just stick it out because i worked at the other job for like three months or something yeah i found an actual good job and i'm like oh lord yeah so there's just like i mean if you really a year is kind of a long time like if you really 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 like think it's unfixable maybe just pray about like a new position find Mm -hmm. like go maybe job search there's nothing wrong with that maybe you find a position that's good with you, but continue to work. Yeah, Don't just quit because you're frustrated. Don't make any decision quickly. Just try to, you know, yeah, stick it out for a little bit. (laughs) The next question is, sometimes it feels so hard to just get out of bed. How do I daily motivate myself to go to work and school?
1: Sometimes it feels pointless. That's hard. That's a deep one. I was going to say, I mean, I just, I think that there are times and seasons that we go through where things just feel like, you know, just getting up and showing up is is tough. But I think that you have to keep in mind, you know, you have a purpose. And there's a reason why you're here on this earth that you are supposed to be, you know, fulfilling certain things, um, you know, whether it's for your church or for your job, you know, different, different roles that we all fill in and, and play in life. And um, I think it's important to just try to keep that in mind and pray. I think pray for some motivation, pray for some encouragement and find those things that do encourage you. Um, you know, if you wake up and, you know, you, you like your coffee, you know, kind of think about that. You're going to get up and have your nice cup of coffee and quiet moment before heading out the door. Um, I don't know. I, I think that that one's hard.
0: As I think there's like two different ways that we could take this question and we would probably need more context, but you could take this as like a really hard time in your life and you could take this as like a motivational thing. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I was in, when I was younger, I, I really had to grow up and find out what my why was like, like I said, I worked in fast food. I went to ACC, which is a community college. Like I wasn't living, you know, the dream life at all. <laughs> um, But I had to find my actual why. Like, why am I making this money? Why am I going to school? Like, what is my dreams? What are my goals? What am I, like, Mm -hmm. working towards those goals? I had a friend that told me that she was like, you know, I just work and I kind of, like, spend my money on food and clothes and all that stuff. And I'm like, that's fine. But, like, at the same time, you want all these things. Like, you want to move out. You want to have a car. You want to have all this stuff. So, like, work towards I'm going to get a car. And so, every morning when you get out of bed, you're like oh my gosh, one day I'll have a car (laughs) and I only can do that if I work towards that. Right. And so you have to figure out your why, even if it's your monthly why, if it's your yearly why, if it's your five-year goal, why? Like my why right now is saving money for college. And so working my absolute tail off (laughs) is because I want to save for college. And that's the only reason that I get out of bed and go to work every day (laughs) because that's what it is. I guess it's different when you actually have a career, you know, that's like what you've worked for and everything. But like as far as getting your daily motivation to just get out of bed it's that life is just is really short and you only have so so much time to kind of get your stuff together especially when you're 16 17 18 you Mm -hmm. know even to 25 like you only have so much time to get it together and some people don't some people just find a job that they settle with and they kind of just okay this is where i'm gonna go and it's not hitting your full potential that you could possibly do and and by hitting your full potential isn't something that you just skip to and you're at your full potential you have to like get up every single day and and do the thing yeah you have to show up (laughs) show up and show out okay come on this is the last question I feel like I love my boyfriend more than he loves me. Is this a normal feeling? I feel like it's not enough reason to fight over. I don't know what to do. Any advice? Hmm. Hmm. I have experienced
1: areas of this. <laughs> I feel like uh, that's probably a normal feeling. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that like and it, it probably changes from situation to situation. You know, one day you could feel like, oh, they love me more than I love them or vice versa. Um, and I think that's normal.
0: Yeah. Also, yeah. like, we compare our relationships sometimes a lot to, like, things that we see on Instagram and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And, like, even just people from our own community of just, like, oh, my gosh, like, he bought, bought her, like, two dozen flowers and so he bought <laughs> me one dozen flower. You hate me. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no, you don't. You know, yes. so we, like... I feel like immaturity just causes us to compare ourselves a lot and that's mm-hmm. fine. You know, it happens to the best of us. I've done it. We've all done it. <laughs> okay. But you know, sometimes you just have to appreciate the person that you love for what they are doing and mm-hmm. not like compare them and wish they were doing more. I mean, I guess it's different when, if they're like giving zero effort, but if right. they're giving some effort and you're like, this is never enough, this is, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to take everything. My mom told me this one story. That and then I'll shut up and not rant anymore. But my mom told me this one story that when she was like married to my dad and they'd been married for like two or three years or something, she asked him to go get something at the store. And so he goes to the store and she's like just in a bad mood that day, I guess, or just like what they were fighting or something. She's like, Well, I know I told him to get, you know, this. And so if he brings this, I'm going to get mad at him about this. But if he brings it <laughs> this way, I'm going to get mad at him about this way. So we'll see <laughs> which one I'm going to get mad at. And she said that the Lord literally was just like, Miss girl, oh, you man. married this man and you're gonna like nitpick everything that they're doing, right? And all that. And I know that might not be necessarily your situation, but we compare ourselves so much. And a lot of times we can feel like, oh, I'm giving so much effort and they're not giving nearly as much effort. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, you're giving so much effort because maybe that's your love language, acts of service. Yes, maybe gift giving, whatever. Maybe his is just words of affirmation. Maybe him saying, Hey, beautiful, have a good day. Like, that's his love, you know? Right. And so it's, like, determining, you know, what that is and having that conversation and just, you know, if you really don't feel like he's, like, madly in love with you, like, that's a different (laughs) conversation. But if you feel, like, unloved a little bit, that might be just a miscommunication.
1: I I agree. Yeah, I think that's spot on. Um, I think I I saw something, um, I want to say it was on Instagram or something, like a quote, and it was talking about – is essentially, like, to a wife saying, you know, if your husband is trying, putting in effort, like, doing this, doing that, like, you've got a good one. Basically, like, appreciate him. Yeah. And I read that and it was just like, ooh, yes, because I think as a girl – a lot of times, obviously, stories you read, books, whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, stuff you see on Instagram, comparing yourself to your neighbors and, you know, how yes. their relationship is and or what you think it is because you don't know how it is. Yeah. Um, I think that is such a just stealer of joy. Like it truly just kills it sometimes. Yeah. And I think if, if you have somebody that, you know, treats you right and is respectful and is, you know, putting in effort, you know, it might not look like the effort that you want, but if they're putting in effort, you know, appreciate them for that and, and acknowledge that, you know, they are trying. It's not that yeah. they totally don't care. Um, yeah. I think, I think the key is definitely communicating, you know, if, if your love language is quality time and they're never there, but they send you presents all the time, you know, because that's their love language. Like, you know, just communicate like, hey, I really love this, but I really just need for us to spend an hour having coffee together, you know, talking about nonsense. Um, So I I think just communicating those expectations. And it's not always easy because I know as a girl you're always like, well, why can't you just read my mind and (laughs) know what I want? (laughs) Yes. The last thing I'll say on that
0: is that – I think it's a really good sign if somebody that you're in a relationship with isn't like obsessed with you. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of have to have a little bit of an obsession, like to be like, okay, like we're the, ah, you're
1: the best, like, <laughs> we're the best ever,
0: but like to have somebody that you're in a relationship with that like has their own stuff going on they mm-hmm. have their own job they focus on that they like maybe they go play ball with the boys every <laughs> once in a while like that's like fun like i, I feel yes. like that's a good thing like, that's healthy getting, yes it's healthy. <laughs> that's healthy it's healthy and it's like good for them to not be like on top of your like grill yes. all the time and just being in your business and like showering you with love because honestly like most people don't really like want that most girls don't really want like a guy that'd be smothering them all the time I feel like yeah not long term yeah <laughs> truly and so like you just decide like what you want like if I want this guy to you know send me good morning texts every day well is he doing that yeah okay maybe it doesn't have 18 emojis but like he's still doing, <laughs> you know what I mean and so I think it's just the perspective at mm-hmm. which you're looking at that this situation I remember when I like dealt with this situation we had this like little tradition that we would do that we'd send like pinterest codes whatever it was whatever yeah. but like um i would send like 60 <laughs> <laughs> So I like, three. <laughs> Two. Yeah. And I am like, you hate me. Like, you're not oh. so romantic. And he's out over here like, I'm trying to work. Right. <laughs> and so it's like, sometimes we just have more time than the other person. Yes. And it's good that they have their own stuff. Like, it's healthy. And you're going to want to find your own stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have separate lives. But you just happen to be in a relationship together. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's supposed to be good and, like, happy and, like, <laughs> not stress-inducing. So.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think especially in the dating phase, like. Obviously, I think that's the infatuation stage. You are as obsessed with each other as you're going to be. Yeah. Um, but I think it's super healthy for you to still have your girl time, your self-care time, you know, right. and know that they're there if you need to reach out to them at any point throughout the day. But, you know, still having those those boundaries and having your own life still a little bit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm such an advocate for long distance because of that. <laughs> I feel like you just get such a good understanding of, like, somebody's just brain and how they like communicate and all this stuff and you get like such on like an emotional level on them without even like being up in each other's girls and just having like all that memory Right, you get to know the person so much anyways i think it's a good thing unless you are like you're
1: crazy why would you like that but i'm like
0: i don't necessarily like it but i definitely (laughs) think it works like in its own way yeah
1: and i I, i'll say a long distance you have the chance to develop a good communication relationship, yeah. You know, whether it's texting or calling every day, whatever, but um, you get to just talk to them and like learn about them. And you know, you're far away, so that's all you can do, just yeah. talk,
0: <laughs> talk all the time, yeah. And then you find you make memories and then you leave and you talk and talk. Because sister Kim really was in a long distance
1: relationship too, that's why I bring it up, yes, for seven whole months. Seven. Well,
0: that's a long time,
1: yeah. Actually, I guess like 10. We were. <sighs> Really? We got engaged after oh seven months. You
0: were engaged and long distance. Mm-hmm. Oh, he moved here tough. like
1: a month before or two months before we got married. So. Wow. Yeah. Was crazy. that crazy to it have was. him here like two months before you were married? Oh, it was insane. I was like, 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 I don't oh know what this, God, is this is like. Is I was like, I get to see you every day now. <laughs> this yeah. Is cool.
0: I I don't know. I just feel like because I've been in a lot long distance relationships, like I don't know. You just know the person so well. I feel like yeah, you're on you're on such a different level of like. Like you know their inner brain because they have yeah. to explain it to you otherwise you're not gonna know you know <laughs> right anyways um, yeah it's a little ta- tangent well thank you for coming on the podcast we've Yay. been talking for an hour thanks for having me it felt like twenty minutes I did <laughs> it did every time we talk <laughs> so um guys don't forget to follow the Instagram at heart mind and soul pod and my personal Instagram is at camilla with your Instagram
1: Kim- at kimber dulce
0: well everybody have a great week and ne- we're gonna take one week off and then we'll start with season two or technically season three which is mind so get ready Woo.